1: Oh, hello, friends. It is Bowerly on News Radio 930 WBEN. I don't know about you, but I've kind of lost track of the days. I, I'm told this is Tuesday, but it doesn't feel like a Tuesday. I'm not sure exactly what day it feels like. Uh, it is the 27th of December. Uh, Anno Domini uh, 2022. Josh Schmidt is in the driver's seat. Jimmy Love Stelliano, Um, I, I've just never seen some. I mean, I, I knew that Jimmy Love was was good. I didn't realize just how good he really was. Uh, if you want to talk about a guy who was a pillar uh, of, of this radio station's coverage, um, Jimmy Love. Uh, he was uh, he was doing everything for everybody. He was amazing. Everybody who was here, Evan Pasquale, Tom Puckett, um, Pasquale Maggiore, um, Max Ferry, everybody was just absolutely amazing. I'm always worried I'm going to forget somebody. Jerry Craig, um, probably about as close as being in the Army as I will ever get in my life. And it's really um, an interesting dynamic to see how people come together in a situation that is a crisis situation. And I wish that you guys could have seen what was going on behind the scenes. So it was really um, – Jimmy Jimmy Love said it the best. People say, oh, thank you for what you guys did. Thank you for being on the air. Thank you for doing – you know, you guys are real heroes in this blizzard And, no, it doesn't work that way. Uh, We we signed up for this when we got into this business. Number one, we signed up for it. Number two, it was our duty to be here. And when I say here, I mean here (laughs) at the radio station. It was our duty. We were here. We knew what we were getting into when we came here on Friday. Several of us volunteered for duty. Even though we may have been scheduled off, we volunteered for it. And we did so knowing that we probably uh, were not going to have Christmas. But um, Joe Beamer, who was also absolutely phenomenal. I just, I cannot say enough about Joe Beamer. The man is a maniac, and I mean that as a compliment. That He has more, I, I want a tenth of Joe Beamer's energy, okay? Uh, the, the man is a nonstop energy machine. But he was talking to Jimmy Love, Jimmy Stelianu, last night, and um, it, it hit me that Jimmy Love encapsulated exactly um, our feeling here at the radio station. He was able to put it into words that uh, eluded me. And what he said was, and I, I was tearing up. Starting to tear up now. But that was for everybody you heard on the air. Over the past weekend, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart and the depths of my soul, that was the most rewarding Christmas any of us have ever experienced. Now, some of these are young guys, young enough to call me Grandpa, right, Mr. Jimmy Love? That's my nickname now at the radio station, Grandpa. But we... Cannot even begin to express what it meant for us to be here, to help in whatever way we possibly could, and there's always that feeling. I mean, th- th- this is the the feeling that we have. The feeling is that um, maybe we could have done more. Uh, Jimmy Love is kind of nodding at me right now. Maybe we could have done more. I I I don't know. I hope that we did everything we could have done. I hope that we answered every question um, accurately. And I just am so um, honored to have been a part of that. And as I said over the weekend, uh, there is nowhere that I would rather have been than this radio station uh, doing the kind of work that we were all doing and being a part of that team of people. And if you want to see the pictures of the uh, overnight crew here at the radio station, uh, go to the Bowerly and WBEN Facebook uh, page. You have to scroll down a little bit, but uh, it's all there for you to see. But it was, um, it was amazing. Now, the tragedy. Uh, we had more deaths in the blizzard of 22 than we did during the blizzard of 77. More deaths in the era of cell phones and many all-wheel drive vehicles than we did back when people were driving, I hate to pick on Camaros, but when they were driving Camaros and Trannies. I'm sorry, let me explain, Trans Ams, okay? We had more deaths this year than back when I was a teenager, and, and why would that be? And trying to think of an explanation decided to go back and look up these statistics from January of 1977, and I believe that one of the reasons why we had fewer dead in 1977 was because people had their winter gear out, and they had been accustomed to wearing it. Let me just take you back, and I'm not going to dwell on this, okay? The blizzard of 77 hit in late January of 1977. And if you were alive then, you might have a fleeting recollection of this because the overall impression I had of the blizzard of 77 and the January of 1977 was it had already been a cold January. We used to walk a little over a mile to junior high school back then. And we all were wearing our long underwear for the walk, and we had our heavy winter jackets on. But back on uh, January 17th, it was 4 degrees as a high. The next day, it was 5. Then we shot into the 20s, about a week before the blizzard hit, 14 degrees, 22, 30, 29, 26, 20, 26. And then, of course, we'd fallen to 5. But... A week and a half earlier, we were in the single digits as a high temperature. So I, I, I do wonder, and I'll, we'll never know the answer, but I'm trying to figure out why in an era that we have, we had more people dying this year than in 1977. And another compounding factor, as I try to find answers that are rational and that are logical and that make sense— is that Friday morning, we were in the 40 degrees. It was raining Friday morning. And anybody who is not paying attention to the weather, and there are a lot of people, folks, there are so many people who are oblivious. I know some of them. You know some of them. They don't hear our talks with Andy Parker for days leading up to the blizzard. I think we had Andy Parker on starting off every hour of every show last week, starting on Tuesday or Wednesday. It got to the point where people were, you guys are hyping the weather. You guys are hyping the storm. And and I explained at the time, I said, no, uh, we're basically reporting scientific data and based on probabilities and statistics, the likelihood that this data will converge and bring us a generational storm. I don't think that was hype. But I just, I think a lot of people just uh, may have fallen into the trap of waking up on Friday morning. Now, another thing that I wonder, and maybe uh, I wonder if I should have been more proactive in this you know I've long given up the idea that talk radio can change anything (laughs) look at the governor's office look at the White House look at local government Uh, for the most part I've kind of given up on that idea but I wonder if I had been howling and screaming on Thursday hey idiots you know we're gonna get hit with a generational storm tomorrow why don't you close things down now Make a driving ban effective 6 a.m. on Friday. Why don't you take that drastic action? And I think one of the reasons why is that it was the weekend it was. The Christmas weekend. People travel. People do last-minute shopping. And God forbid, if you're a politician, okay, you're Kathy Hochul, you're Mark Poloncarz, you're Byron Brown, and you go on TV and on the radio and you say, in the forecast, we are in for a severe weather event. A severe weather event. Therefore, I'm closing the city, closing the county, closing the state, effective 6 a.m. Friday, the Friday before Christmas. It would, in retrospect, have made a lot of sense to have done that. But the problem is, how many times before have you been told it was going to be severe weather and you awakened and it wasn't anything like what was forecast? And I don't think any politician wanted to run the risk of being the boy or the girl who cried wolf. And I think in a situation like that, what you have to say as a politician, you got to forget about being a politician and you've got to be a leader. And what you have to say in a situation like that is, look, In consultation with various meteorologists, they are unanimous that we are going to see a snowstorm that may well rival the blizzard of 1977. Therefore, I have decided to close down New York State. Everything is shut down. Driving bans go into effect 6 a.m. Friday morning. And if this doesn't hit, you can blame me. If this does not materialize and I destroy your Christmas, I understand that you're going to be very angry with me. But please understand that I'm doing this because I reasonably believe that there's a 95% probability, based on science, that we are going to get hammered with a storm of fury and velocity and unremitting snow blindness. But if that doesn't happen, blame me for... But I'm trying to save lives. And I think that one of the problems is, and I'd like your thoughts on this, by the way. It's not a soliloquy for four hours, I assure you. Uh, 803-0930, star 930, and 1-800-616-WBEN. 803-0930, star 930, 1-800-616-WBEN. One of the problems is, again, politicians versus leaders. A leader would have made the kind of statement that I just made. A politician is worried about, well, what's the spin going to be on this? What if the forecasters are wrong? People aren't going to look at the weather people and say, hey, you people screwed up. They're going to look at me, the politician, and not vote for me next time because I destroyed their Christmas. I I was preventing their relatives from getting in to see them. Years after A couple of years after COVID, I'm the Grinch now that stole Christmas. But a leader doesn't worry about what people might say. A leader is willing to say the buck stops here, and I can only make the best decision that I can make given the data and information I have. And in retrospect, I'm gonna I, I need to be critical of myself. I talked to Andy Parker. We all heard what Andy Parker said. Bob Hamilton from the National Weather Service, off duty, called in and said, you know, I agree with most of what Andy is saying, but I think we're going to see winds in excess of 70 miles an hour. And Bob was right. That's exactly what we saw. Maybe I should have been more vociferous. Maybe I should have been proactive and demanded that the mayor, the county executive, and the governor close everything down. But in my position, all you can really do is put the information out there, and while the politicians worry about opinions, uh, worry about polls, worry about re-election, in in this position, you don't want to be the person who hyperbolizes a storm. You don't want to be accused of hyping the weather, and that's a pretty lame excuse And I I think I should have been more proactive because we knew based on how many conversations with Andy Parker that Friday was going to be a mini disaster. Actually, well, I'm talking about before it happened. As it turned out, it was a major disaster. When Andy Parker told us last week that we might see a seiche a rise in the lake level at Buffalo and in the Niagara River among the top five in recorded history, which goes back to 1870, by the way, I should have been a little quicker on the uptake and said, Andy, do you think the politicians ought to close things down Friday morning at 6 a.m.? And I didn't. And and, and I feel like I I, I should have done more. And I, I wonder if that would have helped. Granted, there are some people who are oblivious. There are people who were here from out of town. And they weren't listening to local media. And some of them might not have spoken English. And that's not some kind of an insult or anything like that. It's just a reality. When I go to Mexico, I don't speak Spanish. Not that well, anyway. Um, 803-0930 is the phone number. Difference between leaders and politicians. And I, I think our leadership was sorely lacking. And I think I should have been a lot more vociferous on Wednesday and Thursday, and I was too concerned about being accused of hyping the weather. And that's gonna bother me probably for as long as I live, that I should have been pounding the table, yelling and screaming more, getting myself worked up into a frenzy to get the politicians to wake up. And I'm not looking for your absolution, okay? That's something I got to deal with myself, and I'll I'll work through it. But I I wonder if it would have made any difference in the final analysis. I don't know. I don't know. Um, it's uh, it, it's difficult, frankly, for me to even think about. Could I have been more vociferous? Should I have anticipated things better? And if I had, would I have been listened to? I don't know the answer to that. Um, what? I want your thoughts on everything we've been through over the past few days. Um, fair criticism of elected officials is fair criticism. And I will listen to your fair criticism. I'm not going to allow ad hominem attacks on anybody. Okay. I'm not going to allow attacks against the person uh, on the radio. Okay. There are, there are certain phrases I don't want to hear. I, I don't want to use those phrases. I mean, look, I don't think Kathy Hochul is a particularly intelligent woman. And I, I think I can prove that uh, p- pretty easily. But uh, that that's a fair criticism. There are other criticisms that are more biting than that that I, I simply I cannot allow. 803-0930 is the uh, phone number. Star 930 on the cell phone and one 800 616 wben with Josh Schmidt at controls, savoring the after aroma of Jimmy Steliano and his five straight days here at the radio station. It's Bowerly on News Radio 930 WBEN. And we grieve and mourn for all of you who lost family, friends, loved ones. It should not have been this way. And it was. I have a theory. That I just explained about the conditions we'd seen during 1977 before the blizzard, and people had their winter stuff already on and they were wearing it as opposed to waking up to 40 degrees. It's Bowerly on News Radio 930 WBEN. T Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. medela the mark of a fighter you've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp refreshing taste because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward you put in the hours the energy the tough labor you are a fighter medela is your
0: reward medela the mark of a fighter trick responsibly beer imported by crown import chicago illinois
1: baseball is back and so is mlb.tv So, uh, by the way, I uh, neglected to point out in my little soliloquy on what I would have done. Byron Brown, the mayor of the city of Buffalo, did what I would have done. But nobody listened. (laughs) Nobody listened. Because we're still talking about people driving in the city of Buffalo where it is a wasteland of abandoned vehicles. Plows still can't do their jobs because of abandoned vehicles. On Thursday night, on Thursday night, the mayor of Buffalo, Byron Brown, did issue a driving ban for the city of Buffalo, effective Friday at 9.30 in the morning. Effective Friday at 9.30 in the morning. My only criticism of that is 9.30 in the morning is after people who work 9 to 5 are already in the city. So... I would have made that 6 a.m., but of any elected leader that we have, I think Byron Brown saw what was happening. But of what use is it to ban driving in the city of Buffalo, effective at 9.30 in the morning, without cooperation from the county, without cooperation from the state? Um, this, this, uh, these, these people did not have to die. And, by the way, really quickly, let me just mention this. Uh, If you don't have a carbon monoxide detector at your home, make sure that that's one of your first purchases when you can finally get out again. Because uh, Sunday, um, after working 9 to 3, and I did not want to make a big deal out of this with uh, my colleagues here at work, I had to get out of here because my family had a carbon monoxide emergency Carbon monoxide detectors started going off. They have several because I happen to be very anal about those things, smoke detectors, carbon monoxide detectors, and uh, it was a, a close call. Without carbon monoxide detectors, I'm going to tell you that my family and the people they took in would be dead without carbon monoxide detectors. They would be dead. Let's get to the calls on News Radio 930 WBEN. Uh, first up, we have Chris in uh, Lewiston. Chris, talk to us. You're on the air.
2: Okay, Tom. Sorry, I'm a little nervous.
1: Don't worry about it. It's just you and me. What?
2: All right. <laughs> I was a young mother during the, uh, the blizzard of 77. Uh, our TV was on all day long. I had a little child at home. Speed ahead to now, young people do not have televisions on. They stream their movies. They don't watch local TV. They don't read local papers. And they, sorry to say, a lot of people I know don't listen to you. So they didn't really take it seriously. They lived through their telephones. I'm going
1: with this. I I do. But, Chris, let me tell you that last week prior to the storm Mm -hmm. uh, on anybody's news feed, is there anybody who didn't see the story? Generational storm is forecast. Generational storm is forecast. Now, look, it might not be as sexy as J-Lo, might not be as sexy as Will Smith, but that was it Was the information was out there. So I, that's, I, that's why I'm wondering, okay, we know what the mayor of Buffalo did. My only criticism is the driving ban should have gone into effect earlier, but I'm sure the 930 thing was just based on the, uh, on the forecast that, uh, that, uh, that, uh, that was available at the time. I'm not trying to go easy on the mayor, but look, of, of the people I mentioned, he did the most.
2: I understand that. I'm just speaking from experience in my personal family. Nobody listens to me. I I have my radio on all day long. I don't sit and listen to it, but it's always in the background. So I'm kind of up on things that are going on in the the area. I try to tell my family, and they just poo-poo me. They think I'm just some nut job when I try to warn them about, like, the weather. Well, they, don't, they just don't listen.
1: Th- that's, just, re- that's really That's really unfortunate. Uh, in order to get somebody to listen to you, you need to send them the link. If you go back to the WBEN.com webpage, you will see interview after interview with Andy Parker, the meteorologist from the National Weather Service, Aaron Minkowski. Um, you will see our stories about storm is approaching. Instead of telling them, you send them links. That's the only way, I guess, people um, pay attention.
2: Well, you you have a point, however... My relatives do not have internet. They don't have a cell phone. It's like they're living in the dark ages. But
1: now, he, un- unfortunately, I mean, uh, uh, I'm sorry that there are still people like that. Yeah. But uh, as we as we go on in time, uh, and that uh, I presume these are older people. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah and as that generation dies out. Um, which is a natural progression, of course, yeah, of I'm things. Of it yeah, exactly. Uh, but no, it, it it is at the point now where you really need access to the internet. You need, uh, you need a cell phone. Uh, you you absolutely do. It's it's impossible. You can't even. Uh, you, there, there are so many things you can't do unless you have a cell phone. And I'm not sure if it's a cost thing because they can be very expensive, but there are certainly government programs in place. I uh, I thank you very much, uh, Chris. Thank you.
2: Okay, okay Tom. Bye. Okay, and
1: she makes a really important point. People who are out of touch. Now, even if people don't have cell phones or the Internet, everybody's got a radio around the house, right? It's one of the most common household appliances. That and air fryers. But the air fryer won't tell you about a blizzard that's coming. Uh, Here is, uh, And by the way, the National Weather Service, very early on, I've never seen this happen before, issued a blizzard warning, a blizzard warning, and they weren't listened to by so many people. It's breaking my heart. I think I should have done more. I I think our leaders should have done more. Here is uh, Debbie in Buffalo. You're on WBEN.
3: How you doing, Tom?
1: Yes, ma'am. Um,
3: a few things. My one point is, since 1977, the blizzard, not one leader ever thought of making a snowmobile mandatory for each fire department. Like, every fire department should have two snowmobiles. I don't care if they have to build a separate garage. You know, for for buffalo like they're only five miles apart that would have saved a lot of lives to me and um like that's what they that's what they have to do now they have to make a snowmobile department for the fire department and um the raises that our public officials want let's use that money to buy the snowmobiles to supply to each fire department. Instead of them getting raises because they dropped the ball, we'll use their, their um, what would you call it, their pay raise to buy snowmobiles for all the departments in the city of Buffalo. And the next thing is, can you imagine being the person in the car that was calling for help and somebody saying, "Sorry, there's nothing we can do. You're all on your own."
1: Um, no, I, I I can't, and that's that is breaking my heart. You could hear it in the voice of Sheriff Garcia. When we asked him about 911 being totally overwhelmed, the man worked pretty well, he worked nonstop through the entire weekend, as did most of the police agencies and uh, uh, rescue personnel in the area. Um, We we had it easy. We had warmth. We had heat. We had a place to sleep. Those men and women were out there in the teeth of a howling blizzard. As far as snowmobiles, um, let me say this. I think that uh, snowmobiles... And they run anywhere um, – I'm not really up on snowmobiles, but they run anywhere from, what, about 8000 bucks to 20000 bucks. But snowmobiles are great if you're transporting people who are in good health and good shape. Some of the people who are calling in – in their 70s and 80s, you can't put them in the back of a snowmobile. they die by the time you got them anywhere. Did you try to breathe outside? Even on Sunday, it was difficult, very difficult. You need a vehicle that is enclosed. Unfortunately, David talked about these vehicles on his program But they're tracked vehicles. They are enclosed. Put a picture of them up on the Bowerly and WBEN Facebook page. I think what you need is to have a lot of front loaders pre-positioned. You need to have – and those are those big, like, scooper trucks. If you don't know what a front loader is, Uh, they need to have more of those – uh, snowmobiles are great for getting healthy doctors and nurses to and from their shifts, healthy police officers and firefighters to and from their shifts. But we had a lady who called in who threw out her hip. Her hip was literally uh, dislocated. It would A snowmobile wouldn't have done a thing for that woman. And, and they couldn't have put a sled on it and then towed her. My good, she would have died of exposure by the time she reached the hospital. So... Um, I think it's it's got to be the after action uh, reporting on this and, and situational analysis everything has to be taken into account. I like the idea of snowmobiles for certain people although uh, but let me let me just finish finish my thought on this if you would allow me the time. although um, there were times you couldn't see. And it wouldn't matter what you had, whether it was a tracked vehicle or not. If you can't see where you're going, you can't see where you're going. And you got on a road like North Forest and Amherst, real easily, you could end up in the creek.
3: Yeah, but if you were on a snowmobile, you could at least have some kind of water to bring to these people, at least assuring them that, yeah, we know you're here. Um, There was a lot that a snowmobile can do. You know, you could have brought them some crackers, saying, "Don't worry, we we know you're here." You know, you could have got, and you could have put a tag on their car, like red if they're dead, yellow they're alive. You know, there's a lot more that I think there's a lot more that could have been done. I
1: think snowmobiles are a very would be a very important component um, of the approach that we take toward future situations like this, but. In and of themselves, snowmobiles are not the panacea. It has to be an integrated approach with different machinery and equipment.
3: There are some people that could have been on the back of the snowmobile to get to safety. Even if you would have saved two out of the 35 that are dead. Right. It could have been- Got on the snowmobile at that particular time,
1: and I don't, I don't <laughs> disagree, ma'am. I do not disagree, but just think about this for a moment. You've got somebody who is almost going into hypothermia. You put them on the back of a snowmobile; they would die between the time you extricated them and the time you made it to a hospital because they're on the back of an exposed snowmobile. The wind chill would be unbelievable. So, again, I'm not. I think your idea is is good, but it's not the only answer.
3: I bet you some of them would have been happy that it was there to get the heck out of their car. Uh, I don't.
1: I don't. I, I I do not doubt that. I do not doubt that. But we had people that were in critical condition or almost in in very serious medical straits. By the time they were finally extricated, I, I appreciate Debbie. I appreciate your call. Eight oh three oh nine thirty star 930, nine thirty one eight 616 W B E N. But again, no matter what you're driving. If you can't see what's in front of you, you can't see what's in front of you. It doesn't matter whether it's a snowmobile or an Arctic cat or anything like that. You can't see. You can't go anywhere. That's why one of our guys, I'm not going to name Josh Schmidt, he couldn't get in. He could not see. And that was early on Friday morning. Dave in Buffalo. You are on WBEN. Hello.
4: Hey Tom. Um, yeah, so I just had to. I live in North Buffalo. I just had to walk uh, from the Buffalo Zoo up to Hurdle down to dashes on Hurdle. There's people driving all over on Hurdle and Parkside around here right now. So I mean, to me, the, most of the blame, if, if we're gonna, if there, if you know, if we're gonna say who is to blame for all this, for all the deaths and stuff like that, goes to all the people that were out there driving during the storm. Everybody knew about the storm that it was coming. Um, I, I can't accept that people didn't know that it was coming. People knew that this was coming. There was no reason for people to be out on the roads the way they were. You could have the greatest machinery in the world, but if if you got cars clogging up the streets everywhere, abandoned, uh, they can't get anywhere. People are driving right now with a ban. They have no consideration for the people that are doing the right thing, having to walk in the streets to go get their groceries. Okay, the, the, the streets right now are pure ice. They're, the ones that are plowed, it's still all ice underneath all that. And people are driving, whipping right by us, walking in the streets with no consideration to the people in the streets. So to me, it, it was the, the people out there driving, trying to drive in the blizzard, knowing it was a blizzard, abandoning their cars that really are to take the blame for for most of what happened.
1: Well, I mean, the, the question is, how many of those people had a legit reason for being out? How many did not? Uh, any first responder or, or or nurse or doctor who got stranded because they were trying to do the right thing as first responders, I can't blame those people for getting stranded. But people who were just uh, going to get a pack of cigarettes or beer or, hey, I think I'll stop over and chill with my buds for a while and do some hits of a bong, I, you know, I'm not trying to pick on pot smokers here. I really don't care. But uh, I, 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 look, man, I feel your pain. And one other thing, too, as a pedestrian – um, they're asking you not to walk in the streets. I don't know if you heard the mayor earlier today on David's show, but they're they're asking you, don't walk in the streets. We had some people almost taken out by uh, um, some emergency vehicles because they were walking in the street. I saw a couple of guys on Sunday walking up Maple Road abreast, and I just thought, dudes, really? Did you really need to be out? Because they weren't carrying anything. It looked like they were just looking around. Um, I thank you very much, Dave. Anything else?
4: No, it's just, well, I mean, when it comes to... Not supposed to be walking the streets. You can't walk on the sidewalks around here. They're so jam-packed.
1: No, no. Snow. No, but basically, you know what? You're you sound like a guy who's pretty vigorous and in good health. Um, anybody who isn't should stay inside. And I know that's easy for me to say. Um, I would not have been able to clear out my driveway. I had a team of people who volunteered to clean my driveway. I would name them, but um, I think I would embarrass them. They know how grateful I am. Um, but walking through the snow on my driveway in Williamsville on Sunday to get in my side door, literally, I had to stop four times just to catch my breath because I was getting caught in the snow. I haven't experienced that feeling since I was six years old. Thank you. Thank you, Dave. I appreciate it. Thank you, Tom. Uh, I know a young lady who also walked through the snow. This is somebody who is in excellent physical condition. She hasn't had all the surgeries I've had this year, all right? She had to stop five times walking halfway up a street because the snow was that high. Now, she was properly attired with a snowsuit and everything, but I I can understand why people were found dead in the streets. Had I had to walk any further, I wouldn't have made it. My heart would have given out. And I'm not proud of that, but it's just reality. Let's go to Mark in uh, Tonawanda on WBEN. Mark, you're on WBEN. Uh, your thoughts, sir?
5: Yeah, Tom. I was listening to your soliloquy earlier, and um, I hate to say it, but you're spot on. They're politicians. They're not leaders. They're so busy feathering their nests in on one way or another or helping their friends do it. They're not paying any attention. And bottom line, the public is just missing it. And and you can say as much as you want, and you say plenty, and more often than not, I have to agree with you, and I, I'm not unhappy about that. But it goes nowhere. They're not going to listen to you. Look at look how many of them have ever come on your program to discuss any issue with you.
1: They won't i mm, uh, I disagree over the years, several politicians, even those to whom I am not particularly on good terms, have come on the program uh, and and we have um, had given them a chance to explain and have a dialogue um, on the you know on whatever the whatever the controversy happens uh, to to have been um, but I, I just you know I I just think when you say they wouldn't have listened to me, I, I, that you're right, they probably wouldn't have, because e- even with all of the weather information we had last week talking with Andy Parker, um, I can still think back to some people on Facebook saying, oh, you say you're not hyping the weather, but that's exactly what you're doing. You've had Andy Parker on every day for an hour.
5: But, well, but with the information that was coming in, it wasn't scattershot or, or half-assed. It was, it was getting much more intense, much more in-depth. You'd be a fool not to pay attention to it. And I'll tell you, I, I had WBE on, on, on all weekend. I couldn't get enough of it. And it, it was wonderful.
1: Well, it, you know what? I'm, we are very deeply touched that we were um, a lifeline, literally, for some people, and a source of comfort for many other people. But there's not a one of us here who wishes that we couldn't have done more. And we wonder what more we could have done. But when we hear 35 dead in the region, um, that that goes right through us. Because is there something we could have done to have made that number zero? And I don't I don't know the answer, and I never will.
5: Well, no, we won't. But Tom, you've made every effort to do as much as you could, along with the, uh, the along with your crew. And, and just one last thing, with you and with david earlier today m- my profound sympathies to the families who've lost people for whatever reason it it's going to be heartbreaking because as you pointed out it's not just the loss of someone but the time of year makes it that much more intense and and that's something they'll they'll never get over
1: no no thank thank you uh, very much mark i uh, i appreciate it um Yeah, and I think, I wonder if the fact that it was Christmas weekend had anything to do with the governor not closing the state, with the county executive not closing things down. Um, And I do applaud Mayor Brown, although the driving ban, knowing what was on the way, should have been for 6 a.m. It shouldn't have been for 9.30 a.m. after every downtown worker is already in position unless they took the day off, which I was going to do on Friday, and I got in touch with Tim Wenger and said, Tim, I'm not leaving you high and dry. And just in, in terms of situational awareness, I had a doctor's appointment on Friday morning. I was up at 8.15, looked out the window, knew that I needed to get to work. Literally, I, I was like, okay, my go bag is ready. I need to get to work. And I was here early, and I knew I wasn't getting home for days. And and that's that's quite all right. But how many people got to work were looking out the window and said, what have I done, and how can I get home? And I think a lot of the strandees were people in that situation. Um, And if you had put a driving ban into effect region-wide or on a county-by-county basis, maybe that could have saved lives. I don't know. We've yet to hear the individual tales of those who died in the storm. Um, everybody Everybody has a story, and some of the stories are going to be very tragic. And maybe one of the reasons the death totals have been a little slow in coming in is when you make a death notification in law enforcement, you don't do it on the phone. You have to physically go out and do the death notification. And there, there's a whole process that you go through when notifying somebody to a death. It's not just, hey, uh, your, your dad's dead. Uh, he's at the morgue. Have a nice day. You don't do it like that. You're, that's not what you're trained to do.